That's amazing. Thank you for being here today. And as you find your way back to your seats, I am so grateful for every single one of you. And what an amazing day it's going to be. And uh, I am just excited about what God is doing. So while you're, while you're getting settled back in, could you just turn to your neighbor and say, I'm ready for the word this morning. I am ready. We've been in a series about giants. And we've been talking about not the giants that we fight, but we've been talking about giants of the faith. And uh, it's our summer series as we're moving through this. And we've got a couple weeks left uh, next week. I'll just go ahead and tell you over the next couple of weeks, we've got some really exciting ones. And uh, next week, I'm going to be t- teaching to you about Rebecca. If you've never studied Rebecca in the Word of God, you're in for a surprise and in for a treat. Then the week after that, I thought, you know, we got to finish this off right. You know, we can't talk about giants of faith because we're without the king of faith, Jesus, right? So we're going to close with him. But today, I want to talk to you about one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. I want to talk to you today about a man named Elijah. And before we talk about Elijah, I want us to open up our scriptures. So if you would stand to your feet very quickly as we read our core scriptures. And as you open your Bibles, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Over the summer, we've, had, we've seen this particular verse so many times. I hope you're getting to the place where you can remember it and begin to speak it without even looking anymore to memorize it. But let's, let's read it together. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Now I want you to flip over into the Old Testament into 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 18, it's one of the wonderful stories about Elijah. Chapter 18, I just wanna read a few verses, verses 41 through 46. Then Elijah said to Ahab, the king, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of an abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went to the top of Mount Carmel. Then he bowed on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Verse 44, then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Let's pray. Father, today I pray that the words that we speak in this house, your words, God, that they would find fertile soil in each of our hearts. Lord, some of us are going through battles. Some of us are going through areas of trouble, of challenges. Some of us are going through dry spells in our lives. 
And I pray that today the word that we share that you've given us will break off the chains of weariness, of our spiritual exhaustion, and remind us that we have work to do. So Father, I pray that this word would take root in each of our hearts. And as always, that the seed that is sown today would bring back a harvest of good in every one of our lives. And finally, Lord, I pray this, that when we leave our time together today, we will leave changed in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Amen. You can be seated. Here's what I want to tell you is that today, this morning, if you feel like you're in a nothing place, if you feel like you're in that spot, I want to let you know, you are closer to your breakthrough than you can ever imagine. Because we have to remember all through Scripture, all these heroes of faith that we read about, they had challenges and struggles and things that they didn't understand, all these battles that they would fight, but yet they had one common trait. None of them stopped. None of them quit. And today we're going to talk about some of the advice that Elijah would give us today. What would Elijah say to the church in this moment? And here's what I want to explain to you very quickly to give you some historical context of what we're talking about. So the Lord had spoken to Elijah over three years before this passage and had told him there's not going to be any rain. This is the prayer that, that, that he had. Let there be no rain. Why? Because of the issues, because of the disobedience, because of everything going on in the nation. So there was a judgment that was happening on the nation. And part of the judgment was this drought that went on for over three years. So we see this all the way up to this time. Now, even historically, what you'll find is all through that, you see these, amass, these massive miracles that God did through Elijah through this time. You know, he, he raised the widow's son from the dead. Jesus cared for him by the brook and the ravens fed him. Why was that all going on? Because the king's wife was evil and she had killed, she, was a, she worshiped Baal and she turned the whole nation, they built Baal altars and they did all this stuff. It was, it was insane and it was so against God, so much so that her goal was to kill all the prophets and that's what she was trying to do. All the mouthpieces of God they were trying to destroy. So now we go even further to Jesus comes, uh, the Lord speaks to, to uh, Elijah and says, okay, the drought is going to end. So go to Ahab and tell him. Now I want you to remember when we talk about this historically, Elijah is putting his life on the line. Can I tell you that many times when God is about to open up the floodgates and end the drought in your season, in your life, you will feel like everything is going the exact opposite of what you thought it would. And here Jesus, uh, the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is saying to Elijah, go to Ahab and tell him that the drought is over. 
And here's what I want to declare to you after we've been seeing the Spirit of God move so strongly over the last couple of services. I want to tell you this, and I want to declare this over you, that whatever you're going through, whatever your drought is, I'm declaring over you right now that it is over in Jesus' name. That God is doing it. He's breaking through the barriers. He's breaking through those things. That stress that you've been carrying, and even as a believer, you have struggled laying it down. I'm telling you right now, God is saying, it's over. I'm about to do what I promised you. This is an important concept for every one of us to grab a hold of because I'm just gonna be very transparent and honest. How many of you know what it's like to just live life and know that it can be difficult? Anybody? It can. And we look at this, and I just want to let you know that when God gives you a promise and God gives you a word, you need to understand that every, every enemy that's used by the devil, every part of that is going to come against you and try to keep you from that and will cause you to stumble into things that cause the, the vision in your life to be delayed because you're not paying attention. You get distracted by everything else around you. And instead of doubling down on what God's called you to and the word that he gave you, you begin to be moving toward other things. And then you wonder, well, why has the vision not come to pass? Why has the promise not come? Why has that word not become accurate in my life? Many times it's because we're not trusting God the way that we should. Sometimes it's that we're we're making choices and decisions that don't honor God. And then we wonder, why is God not doing and revealing his word? Why am I not seeing the manifestation of that promise in my life? And the problem usually can be tracked back not to the failure of God, but because we as people are kind of dumb sometimes. Can anybody say amen to that one? Right, just turn to your neighbor and say, he knows you very well. Okay, all right. It's true. So today, as we look at this, I want to show you a picture of a man of faith who did not give up. Because here's what I have to make clear to you today, is that there is no quit when God's called you to something. There is no quit when there's a word that God's given you. And even when it gets dark, and it seems impossible, even when the dry ground under you is cracked and parched and the vegetation around your life seems to be dying all around you, you need to understand that those are the moments that God says, do not stop. That's what I want to talk to you about today. That's the part that I want you to understand. So we need to define drought and a drought is a prolonged absence of something specific. And I want to tell you, some of you You've been walking through your life and you've been going through a drought spiritually. You can sit in a service, in a worship service like we just had and not be moved. You can, you can read scripture, you can do all you want and you're not moved. And you say, but I believe in Jesus. I love Jesus. I, I, I've given my life to Jesus. I want you to understand there are seasons of drought that we all go through. There are times when your prayers, maybe, maybe I'm the only one in the room, but there have been times when my prayer, my connection to God seems to be bouncing off glass. But what we have to understand that there are going to be seasons of drought, but God will always break that barrier. 
He will always break it, but we have to be faithful. Even when things aren't playing out like we wanted them to be, wanted them to. When we, we see this, it's fascinating when we look over this. But here's what I like about this particular story about Elijah in this moment. Now, I want you to recognize what had happened. So when he told King Ahab or told his servant to go tell King Ahab that they were going to meet, or, or actually it was Ahab's servant, Obadiah. And when that was going on, he said, gather all of the priests of Baal. Right? We know the story, right? Gather all of them and we're going to prove who God is. We're going to prove who's real and who's not. So he calls all of them together, the king does, so they have to come, right? So they all come. We know the story about Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel was a uh, kind of a pagan site where Baal worship would happen. I love how God works sometimes because he goes right to the spot that the world wants to say, oh, we've consecrated this for evil, or the enemy thinks he's got a handle on, and then God's going to show up on that moment and break it and make the enemy prove that the enemy is weaker and not able to do what God can do. So it brings all the prophets of Baal. We know the story. He, we see the fire that Elijah calls down from heaven and wins a great victory. And the people of the nation bow down and say, the Lord is God. Sometimes I think in America, we're going to have to call down fire for people to wake up, right? Maybe that's what needs to happen. But when I look at this situation, here's what I th find fascinating about Elijah in this moment. Elijah was coming out of a string of amazing victories. And here, the greatest victory ever. And you know, many of us, when we get to a victory, we want to celebrate, sit down. We want to go have a feast with our friends and talk about the war. We want to talk about all the battles we won, how God came through, all those things. And those are beautiful moments. But I love what we learn about the character that brings you through breakthroughs and droughts. And instead of walking off into the sunset to bask in the glory of his victory that God had given him, what did he do? He went back to work. He recognized that if they wanted to see the rain come that God had already spoken, that he had to keep going and keep doing what he knew was right, what he knew he had to do. It's a fascinating <clears throat> picture that we see, and that's a very significant part of this. Because sometimes we have to learn, we have to hear the Word of God. Some of us scatter through life wondering, what, we're gonna do, what am I going to do with my life? How am I going to live this out? I want this and I want this. But yet we wonder why we're not seeing miracles and breakthroughs, but it's because you've never been silent enough spiritually, to hear what God is speaking. You say, but if God's a God of breakthrough, why am I not getting my breakthrough? Perhaps what you thought you wanted was not what God had intended for your life, and you keep running toward the wrong picture, and God said, I need to redirect you because that is the hindrance in your life. We need those breakthroughs in our life, but we have to also understand how this works. We need to be active in our faith continually. Amen. Can I just tell you right now for all of us that are 
believing and, and speaking great things over our lives with expectation of what God's going to do. Can I tell you something? There's not a moment that we get to sit down and stop being active in our faith. Because when you sit down, the enemy's going to have a heyday. So what I want you to see is this. And it's what John, uh, the Bible says in John chapter 20, verse 29. I love this where Jesus is talking to, to Thomas, who is the doubter. He said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you've believed. But he says something here that's so powerful. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. See, when God spoke to Elijah, Elijah didn't doubt his word. He didn't doubt his word when he said it's not going to rain for three and a half years. He didn't doubt his word then. He stood on it. And when he heard the word, he acted upon that word with trust. He believed the word. The reason I want to point that out for you today is this, is so many of us, we have to see to believe. But the starting place of being a person of great faith and seeing great breakthroughs and miracles in your life is coming to the place that you realize sometimes you don't see it because that's not the birthplace. The birthplace is hearing what God is saying to you. And most people's problem is they don't know how to hear from God. In a world that's got so many voices that are fighting for your attention, we don't know how to hear from God. And I would tell you this, that God is speaking. And when you slow down and you begin to be very focused and intentional about hearing from God as a believer, you need to know as a child of God, his voice will become clear. You know, it's kind of like your kids. Can you imagine you know, that uh, your child is asking you a question, something very important, not just something casual while you're busy or something like that, but can you imagine not hearing your child? Maybe your child's in pain. Maybe your child's in need. Maybe they've got a really genuine question. You know, no, no, we, we squarely look at our children and we, we give them the attention that they need in that moment, right? God's no different. We are his children. So what I want you to know is that he hears you, but he also speaks to you. And we need to be sensitive enough to hear what God is saying. So you need to be active in your belief before you see it. So you're acting on it. When God speaks, you're walking in it and you're doing what it says. We come to that place in 1 Kings 18 verse 1. This is the backtrack so you'll understand is in that verse, it says, and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. Now, what God has done, he's saying, I started it. Now we're about to finish it. So what God starts, he finishes. What, what the delay can be sometimes is because we don't listen. That's what I need you to hear today. Elijah is telling us it's very important because the ears of faith hear what the eyes of the flesh cannot see. We need to understand these things in our life. So let me just give you two quick key thoughts. Two quick key thoughts. The first one is this. When God speaks, you must hear his word and walk with unwavering expectation in the promise given. 
How many of you has God given a promise to? Come on, anybody. God's given you a promise. Have you ever been through moments where you don't feel like that promise is working? Like you're not seeing any motion toward that promise being fulfilled? Of course. Because that's how this works. It is a process. And we look at this, we have to say, when God gives you a word, you've got to hear it and walk with unwavering expectation in that word. If God gives you a promise, you need to stand on it. So we have two characters in this picture that we're looking at. You've got Elijah, the man of God, and you've got King Ahab. And King Ahab was an evil king. The Bible says he did more evil than those that came before him. And most of that apparently was due to his wife. That's why your connections are really important. <clears throat> but he was, he was an evil king. And there's a, a really good picture of the difference of what a believer with active faith does in these kind of situations. Ahab, he went to eat and relax. The believer went and fell on his face before God and was going to pray it through till he saw the rain come. And see, some of you, you've sat back and you're saying, I'm just waiting for the, I'm just waiting for my breakthrough. I'm just waiting for the breakthrough. Stop waiting. God didn't call you to wait on the breakthrough. God called you to be active until the breakthrough comes. So you've got to get on your face before God and keep praying and keep believing and keep speaking. I'm speaking over my family. God, you gave me a promise of my children all being saved. And if it hadn't happened yet, you can't stop and say, well, I'm just going to go about living, living my life because he, it, God said it. So it is going to happen at some point. I'm telling you as a person of faith, if you want to be active in what you're doing, you've got to fall on your face before God and speak. You've got to pray. You've got to come to that place where you say, God, everything else is irrelevant to me. But this moment, because you gave me a word, you gave me a promise, and I'm not going to stop. I'm not just going to sit around and wait and go about life as normal. I'm going to be the difference maker. Because we look at people like Elijah and we think, man, they're amazing. You know, they're not amazing. They just, they are amazing. But it's not just something that they can do. It's also something that you can do. Because the Spirit of God lives in you. So what dream is it that you've laid aside and you just kind of let it roll on? I'm telling you, the significant dreams, the significant passions that God places in your life, it's not about rolling on and moving on. It's about persevering. Remember Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Those things that hinder you, you need to throw them aside. And it says, run with perseverance the race that he's called you to. To run with perseverance. In other words, we're moving toward the goal. We keep running. We keep believing. And we say, God, I know it doesn't look like what I thought it would, but I'm not going to quit believing. I'm not going to stop declaring. I'm not going to stop believing that you're about to pour out your spirit on our nation, that you're going to heal our land. I'm not about to stop believing that you called us on this hillside to make a difference, not only in our city, in our community, but in the world. I'm not going to stop believing and confessing and declaring 
that there are gonna be people healed in the name of Jesus. I am not gonna stop. Can you see what I'm saying this morning? The drought is coming to an end. The rain is about to fall, but we've got to hear it. I love that God gave Elijah the word. He spoke to him, and then he gets to this place where he's had the victory. He knows now the word of the Lord. We're on. God's about to do this, but it hadn't manifested yet, so he falls on his face, right? But I love the fact that before he even fell on his face, he declared what he had heard. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Now, I want, you, I want to tell you this right now, because too many times in our lives, we minimize the dream that God's given us, and we limit what God can do, not based upon what He can do, but based on what we can believe He'll do. And we're praying for the drought to end. God, I just need enough to get me through this crisis. Now, y'all know what I'm talking about. God, I just need, God, if you can just let me wake up tomorrow morning and get me through the day. Stop praying that stupid prayer. And start saying, pray, God, I declare right now, God, I'm going to wake up in the morning with an abundance of joy. And it's not just going to get me through the day. God, I'm praying right now you're going to change my situation. Those people that are in my way, those people that are causing me pain, those people that, are, that I'm struggling with. Father, you're going to clear the path in front of me. You're going to make a way where there seems to be no way. You're going to make a road in the wilderness. You're going to do it. Because there's an abundance of rain. So what we see, what we, what we hear defines what we see in our mind, what we believe, the vision that we have. And I'm just going to tell you now, Elijah, wow, that guy had seen some amazing stuff. So his faith was built. One, two, three. Every time God does a miracle in your life, the next time you walk into something, your belief system is much stronger. Your faith level is much higher. So now we get to this culmination of where Elijah's at. And I'm going to tell you right now, he's a juggernaut for the Lord. He's in that place where he's seen God do the miraculous from here to here to here to here. And he knows without a doubt that what he heard is going to come to pass. There is so much power when you are so convinced that what God said is going to come to pass. that you can't imagine God not doing abundantly more than what he showed you. And when you get to that place in your life, you'll find the struggles, the challenges are going to get a lot easier. Why? Because your faith is so high, you just automatically believe. You know, there are situations in my life now where when something happens, it's like, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I said, we're going to trust, be faithful. Because that's what God's called us to do. He's called us to be faithful. And here we go. I'm just excited. I don't know how God's going to do it. I'm waiting. And when God gives us a word, we're running. Why? Because when you go through these things, your strength, your, your, in, your, uh, your intensity to believe increases. And the problem is some of us, we never believe for the initial things. 
so we never get past this limited faith. And I just want to encourage you today. You need to step past that limited thinking and don't just wish for an abundance of rain. Pray it through. Keep praying until you see the manifestation of that promise in your life. Pastor, you don't understand. I've been dealing with this addiction and I, I, just been, I can't, these temptations that come on me, I'm not strong enough. Stop declaring what's not true. You say, but, but I, I know you, you said God, will, I'm telling you right now, God's will for your life is to be set free from any bondage, any, any addiction in your life. You don't have to walk out of this building the same way you walked in. But the problem is in many of our lives is we can't see past our addiction. You know why? Because the enemy has stopped up our ears. Not only can we not hear God, because if you can't hear the word of the Lord, you're not going to see the things that you need to be believing for, right? In your mind, the visions and the dreams. So today, as we look at this, I want you to recognize wholeheartedly that God responds to our prayers spoken with faith. Why, does people, why do some people see greater miracles when they pray? Have you ever wondered that? It's like, are my prayers different? Can I tell you? They probably are. Not so much the words, but the power behind it, the power of your belief, the power of your faith. That's why when you walk into a hospital room, you walk in and you're praying for somebody. You don't go in there and pray and like, God, I sure hope you'll do something today because, Lord, you know, they don't feel good. And, Lord, they, they need a miracle. Now, if it be your will... Look, can I tell you something? If I'm on my deathbed, don't you dare come to my, if you can't pray a prayer of, in the name of Jesus, get up out of that bed. In the name of Jesus, he's going to be healed. He is the healed of the Lord. Don't come see me. Right? Because there's power in that belief. I often laugh at all the stories my father would tell of walking into hotel room, or hotel rooms, walking into hospital rooms and slapping the feet of the people in the bed and, and seeing them get healed. And I'm thinking, if I tried to do that today, I think I might get arrested. But yet we walk with an authority. There's a confidence that God's going to do it. This is the confidence that Elijah had. And this is the confidence I want you to have is that the spirit of God that is inside you is well able, more than able to handle your situation. I love this as we dig into this. So let me, let me hurry up. So I've got just a few minutes left. So I think the, the place for us to remember is we need to learn to pray in alignment with God's word. What did he speak? See, sometimes it's like we, we get this, God spoke a word, and here's how I'll tell you to define that in a practical sense. When God gives you a word and speaks to your life, it'll line up with this word. And then when you're praying, you make sure that the prayers that you're praying and believing for are in alignment with the spoken word and the written word. And the reason I say that is because when you start praying for God to do something, he's going, that's not what, what's, why are you asking for that? That's not the direction I pointed you in. 
When we get in alignment, that's when we start to see the breakthroughs and see things shift in our lives. Let me give you another key thought. You must not surrender to the trap of fear and doubt when the breakthrough has yet to be revealed. You can't give up to fear and doubt when you haven't seen the breakthrough revealed in your life. What are you going to do with that? I love this because too many people give up right before their breakthrough. Right before their breakthrough. Can I, can I just, and maybe this is how I'll start wrapping this up. There's so much more I wanted to share. And there's just never enough time when you're talking about somebody like Elijah. But I, I truly, truly believe that so many of us never walk into that place of refreshing because we refuse to step out of our comfort. So many times in a service, I had this conversation with a friend this week, so many times in a service, you know, the, the Spirit of God's strong and we feel God speaking to our hearts to do something and we're like going, oh, I don't know, I don't, I'm not doing that. Yet perhaps it was that very thing that God was impressing upon your heart that was about to bring the flood, open the floodgates, right? We never know. We never know. So why not just be obedient and say, God, you're going to use me. God, I'm going to pay attention. I'm not going to give up. So think about this is, so Elijah is telling his servant, go up and look. And I'm praying, you go up and look and tell me when the rain's coming. Tell me when you see, tell me what you see. And six times the servant comes back and says, hey, nothing. You better pray harder. Right? It's like, it's like, there ain't nothing happening. There's something wrong with your prayers, preacher. You know, it's something's off. But Elijah, instead of giving up at the threshold, said, go look one more time. And on that seventh time, and there's, very, there's significance in the fact that they use it as a seventh time. We'll get to that another time. But on the seventh time, he goes out, and here's the thing. We think, oh, on that seventh time, that's, a, ooh, that's the number of creation. That's, there's something powerful going to happen in that. And they look out, and they see this massive wall of clouds with rain piled up in them coming toward them. That's not what the Word says. The Word says that the servant came back and said, there's a cloud. And I'm just thinking, did, did the servant have the kind of faith that Elijah, I just wonder how that conversation went. Like, he coming back and he's like, he's made me go six times. This is seven. I, Lord, there better be something. And he looks out and it says there's a cloud about the size of a man's fist rising from the sea. Now, let me tell you how we would see that in our Americanized version of miracles. The size of a man's fist, well, that's not enough. What do you mean? The size of a man's fist, because here's what we can know, that that cloud that was the size of a man's fist was not actually the size of a man's fist. The problem was that it was actually so far away at that moment as it was making its way toward him that you couldn't see the expanse of what was happening. And all of a sudden, Elijah, who had heard the word of God, recognized that's it. Here it comes, and he goes into swift action and says, go tell Ahab, he better head out right now. It hadn't happened yet. You better head out right now because it's about to come down. 
Tell me that's not a faith level that we need to understand, that we know that God is capable. God's always doing miracles. There's always a revival. There's always the power of God falling. There's always God doing the miraculous. But we look at it and we minimize it because it doesn't look like what we thought it would. But here's the thing. Keep declaring it because here it comes. Here it comes. I'm telling you, your breakthrough is coming. That pain that's kept you bound is breaking off today. Why? Because there is a cloud the size of a man's fist. And you might not think it's much, but give it just a few minutes. Give it just a time and you watch what God's going to do. Mm. Don't stop at six. Keep going. Keep believing. So when we look at what he did, Elijah heard it. Then he spoke it. Then he prayed it. Then he saw it. And I'm just telling you, sometimes in our life we're missing it because we get it out of alignment. We want to see it, then we'll speak it, right? And I'm just telling you right now, if we want to see that manifestation, the challenge that I want you to see today, the thing I want to encourage you in is to recognize the importance of staying active in your faith with God. No matter what the situation looks like. There have been many times in my life that I thought, God, this does not look like what I thought it was going to look like. There are seasons that you're looking at it going, I'm a little frustrated. I don't know about you, but I've had some conversation with God, and I imagine God's up there going, boy, what is wrong with you? Maybe he talks to you differently. He probably talks to you like going, oh, you highly esteemed person of faith. Sometimes you're looking at me and goes, man, I created a dumb one on that one, but... That's how it feels sometimes. But I've also learned that when I can't see it and it's not what I thought it was going to look like does not mean that it's not headed toward us faster than we can even imagine. And I'm going to tell you something on a note that I want to make sure that you understand. Wednesday night, something shifted in this place. And it was amazing. It was simple, nothing complicated, but God was doing something. Today, when we came into worship, what y'all didn't see at 745, the worship team was just finishing their sound check. And while they're finishing sound check, people were worshiping and, and crying and praying and we're crying on the altars and all this was going on. It was amazing before you ever got here. God's doing something. So keep pushing, keep praying, and keep your faith active. And I have to finish with this. What advice would Elijah give us today? If he had the chance to stand here, here's one of the things out of the many I think he would say. It's this. Faith is a lifelong journey with no quitting place. I want to reiterate that. Elijah knew there's no quitting place. If you want to see God's promises fulfilled... You've got to not quit. So faith is a lifelong journey with no quitting place if you want to see God's promises fulfilled. So keep walking in faith. Keep on believing. 
Those prophets in Journey taught us that in the 80s. See, somebody got it. Y'all didn't get it. Don't stop believing. Some of y'all going to go home and go, oh. But God gave you a promise. God gave you a dream. And you may be in a place right now that you feel like it's a nothing place. I can tell you Elijah felt that when he was by the stream wondering what in the world is going on. You can read about it in his story. But God provided. And when it was time for him to move on, the stream dried up. It's another powerful story. But every step led him to this moment. And I'm telling you right now that you may feel like you're in a nothing moment. But I'm telling you, you're at the point of a breakthrough and you're closer than you can imagine. Do not give up. So here's what I want to do. I, I just want everybody in here, would you just stand to your feet this morning? I know I've gone a little long. Oh, I, I definitely have gone a little long. And we're, gonna, we're just going to speak over this place. <clears throat> and I want you to bow your heads. Close your eyes wherever you are, and I'm going to ask you a quick question. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm here and I need Jesus. I need Jesus today. I'm not going to try to paint a picture or anything like that because you know. You know there's sin in your life. You know you're not right with God. You came into this house knowing that, and I'm telling you right now, you didn't happen to just get here in this house. You're here today because God called you here. Say, Pastor, that's me. Today, I need to get right with God. This is my day. If that's you, slip your hand up right where you are and say, Pastor, I'm going to change that today. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I don't want to miss a single person. That's too important. Thank you. You can place your hands back down. Now, I'm going to ask this question. How many of you are here today and you've been going through a dry season and you're ready for the rain? You're ready for that abundance of rain? Yeah, you slip your hand up. That's why. Yep. Yeah, okay. Then we're going to declare it right now. We've gotten the word. Now we're going to declare the word. And we're going to pray the word. And we're going to stay faithful to it. Because it's coming. There is a flood, a river that is sweeping through. And it's going to... Father... I speak right now, Father, I declare over every person that the drought is over. There is an abundance of rain. It's not just coming, it's powering toward us. And Father, right now, I pray that you would encourage every heart that where they feel like giving up, Lord, they're digging in and they're falling before you and they're gonna pray it through. And Father, like Elijah, we will stay fast and true. And we will be faithful to declare and stand and be the voice that you called us to be in this time, this season, in this culture. And Lord, we declare it right now. I pray for a fresh anointing upon every life. I pray for a sweeping of your spirit in this house that we would never be the same. Now you raise your hand and said, I need Jesus today. We're gonna pray right now. We're gonna pray right now. 
And I'm gonna tell you this right now, as you pray, you need to tell somebody about the decision that you're making because we need each other desperately to walk this path. Because life is complicated and life can be difficult. We need to stand together. We can do this. But you've got to make it vocal. You've got to tell somebody. And you've got to start living it. This ain't about slipping and sliding. This is about committing and saying, I'm a believer. I give my life to Jesus. And we're going to pray this prayer as a family all across this house. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me new. I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior right now. I repent of my sin and I turn away from my past. Today I'm forgiven and I'm a new creation. Today I belong to you, Jesus, and for the rest of my life. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, everybody. Give the Lord some praise.